one of the mistakes people need to avoid is getting fearful on dips like these. These are the kind of dips that let you get your average cost down in your long term. So if you were buying in 2020, 2022 at these peaked out levels and you're not going to buy the same stocks as they're down, you're going to be missing out a great opportunity to dollar cost average. So one of the things to avoid is to not be fearful uh, in the downward sloping markets, but instead create a thesis of how you're going to be getting your average cost lowered. On this episode of Early Bird, Anmol Singh, founder of LiveTraders.com. Anmol joins the podcast today to talk about the biggest investing mistakes to avoid in 2023, including a look at the mistakes so many investors made in 2022. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, Let me tell you where you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, Animal, thank you so much for joining us today on the Early Bird Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming. Today, we're talking about the biggest investing mistakes to avoid in 2023. But before we get that, Anmel, t- tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, if you could sort of define your background, what, what have you been doing in about 30 seconds or so, I think that would be great. Okay, sure. So uh, for a living, I trade the stocks and options markets, and I've been doing that for about 13 years. And I'm also the uh, founder and CEO of uh, LiveTraders.com, where I provide uh, coaching and training for other people looking to trade the markets as well. Cool. And, and real quick, what, what, what sort of got you into this space? Uh, honestly, I was in college in my dorm room, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as I think every boy growing up, uh, Wall Street is very uh, lucrative <laughs> and you know, you're very curious about it. So I've always, always been curious about it. And uh, I was in my dorm room researching, reading a lot of books on this topic. And the more I read, the more curious I became. So I kind of made a decision that at that point that this is something that I'm going to be doing. And I started my career in my dorm room working for a proprietary trading firm. And I've uh, never had a job since. I've been doing that since college. Wow. From the dorm to this. This is incredible. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you, you have your eye on the market. Um, we're here. It's a brand new year, 2023. Um, and we're going to talk about the biggest investing mistakes to avoid this year. Um, let's take a look back at the previous year, 2022. Um, a lot of investors, especially those retail investors out there, um, a lot of mistakes were made in 2022. Um, from your end, what were some mistakes that you saw that traders made in 2022? I think the classic mistake that people make at the end of a bull market is uh, chasing too late or getting FOMO. Maybe they didn't invest in 2010 till 2019. And then 2020, they finally woke up and everybody wanted to invest, which is why we got that surge from 2020 to 2022. And I think uh, chasing things and being caught up in the hype as you've seen, as we've seen in 2022 in the crypto markets, as well as the stock markets, and even stocks like Tesla and Amazon, 
uh, that went down, you know, 50, 60% at one point. Uh, so one of the things that mistakes people make is chasing too late and also not having their own thesis or own investment bias, but getting swayed by the opinions of others. And I think Twitter played a huge part in 2022, uh, where it created a whole network of people sharing ideas. We had the whole Reddit phenomenon with the Wall Street bets. And I think we saw a lot of bad bets being placed in the markets. We saw a lot of, I call it, you know, dumb money come into the markets, uh, which is why we saw that big rally that we saw with the stimulus money, uh, which is what we saw the unwinding of in 2022. So the biggest uh, mistakes that I saw people make is chasing, having their own, not having their own investment thesis, and just ca getting caught up in hype uh, rather than making uh, good investments. I, I think you're right. A lot of investors were chasing. Um, as they did since the pandemic started. And I think to your point, you're right about social media playing a role in it and people maybe not taking the time to do all the research they can and to listen to multiple people and to sort of uh, figure out a good thesis for investing. Um, I do want to just present one idea, though. Certainly chasing a lot of investors just chased down investing ideas last year in 2022. But I wonder, the, the shifting economy last year, um, especially with inflation ticking up as well as interest rates, did that also sort of play a role in people's uh, inability to make good investing decisions last year? I think what ended up happening was the typical fundamental analysis that people used to conduct and looking at how cheap the companies are, what the valuations are, the valuations were completely thrown off the whack, right? The Federal Reserve was printing money at the speed of like speed of light, right? Printing money, all that money went into the markets. Then we had the stimulus money come in and everybody was, you know, using that stimulus money to put back into the markets. And then you saw the whole Robin Hood phenomenon take place where previously people who you know, didn't want to open a brokerage account. Like I have lo so many friends that are just, you know, average people that are not really investors. Uh, typically, they would not have like an interactive brokers or a Thinkorswim or a TD Ameritrade. But Robinhood made it so easier for just everyday person to have an account. And everybody was buying stocks they had no idea about or no real research evaluations. So when all that money combined with the stimulus money and then the Federal Reserve uh, printing money as well, those are the things that just threw out the valuations out of whack. And all that's really that happened in 2022 is was, was a reversion to the mean. And uh, that that's something that could still continue on to 2023. No, I think you bring up a good point. Robinhood certainly made it easy for investors to quickly invest without thinking much. Um, one of the other criticisms with Robinhood I've seen was that it gamified investing a bit. Um, and it, it, which you don't want to do because you, especially when you're dealing with people's livelihoods and whatever they're investing in, you, you want to be careful and smart and you want to make sure you do your due diligence. Um, so you think that retail investors, many of them burned last year in 2022 due to these mistakes. You think have, they've sort of learned their lesson as we start this new year? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, there are more lessons to be learned in uh, this year in 2023. Um, because people haven't learned. A lot of people are still buying into the mentality of holding or huddling, as they say, mm. or hold a line or whatever terminology they have been using <laughs> in 2022. Uh, but but the simple, simple matter of the fact is that the reversion to the mean is a very real thing. And I think a lot of people, they don't look at technical analysis, which has a very big role to play in investing, yeah. right? There's patterns that play out seasonally. There's different stages of the markets. And if you're not aware which stage we are in or which stage we are transitioning into, you're always going to be caught off guard. And I think uh, this year is going to be no different. Uh, people haven't learned their lessons. And, uh, and there are certain stocks that are never going to come back. And I 
you know, I say that with the utmost confidence. There's certain stocks that will not come back to their uh, pandemic highs. So, you, based on what you're you're saying, and maybe maybe I'm totally wrong here. Tell me if I am. It sounds like a lot of the so-called darlings that. Uh, rose to fame during the pandemic. Those stocks like Tesla, um, Robinhood to an extent, AMC, all the the meme stocks. It sounds like you're pretty confident that those stocks are not going to go back to the same levels, at least not anytime soon. Oh yeah, no, I'm 100% confident. Like stuff like Zoom, uh, Roku, Teladoc. Um, you know what's the other one? Uh, Peloton. Yeah, Peloton, Robinhood, even Arc Innovation to a certain extent. Mm. These things are not coming back to the all-time highs because the, sim- the simple thing to think about is what's the best thing that can happen for these type of tech stocks or at-home play stocks? The best thing that can ever happen to these t- companies is for everybody to be locked in their home and f- be forced to use your app. <laughs> so the best case scenario for these companies already happened. What other better scenario can happen for companies like these? So I think uh, they've kind of peaked out and uh, there was a lot of money poured in. And a lot of people didn't take advantage of selling. And this is one of the things with investing that people miss. Buy and hold, sure. That's something you can do on great companies like Amazon, Apple, you know, even Tesla for that matter. But there's certain companies that were Zoom or Roku that really got that pandemic high. If you did not sell then, well, guess what? The money on investment is only made when you sell. Hmm. So uh, a lot of people did not sell. And you can even see that with uh, a lot of the ETFs and hedge funds, right? Kathy Wood's ARK ETF. And uh, Gerber Kawasaki GKTF, they're never, they're never going to come back for the most part because they did not sell. And the best case scenario for these companies has already taken place. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I, I do wonder, though, you know, um, as we enter this new year, 2023, I wonder if a lot of investors who made the mistake and missed out on some of the value stocks last year, especially in energy and industrials, if you think they're going to make that same mistake again and miss out on some of those value plays? Hundred percent. And then once the value pays are starting to, you know, let's say they start to go up, they'll be always late. And you know what? That's what makes the market fun because we need people like that, to be honest, because that's how the markets function. It's all in cycles and there's always going to be people that are last. And uh, even you will see that even with the stock market and with the crypto markets that once the bottom, you know, whenever that is, starts taking place, that's when the fear kick in. People always do the opposite. That's what makes the market exciting because for every buyer, there's a seller. For every seller, there's a buyer. So, um, you know, that's a typical cycle. There's no different than 2008, no different than 2000. It's just uh, one of those things that people don't learn their lesson, really. point. When we return, we'll hear from Anmol about investing mistakes in 2023 and some investing themes to watch out for. But first, let me tell you where you can become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Anmal, uh, today we're talking about the stock market in 2023. Um, I want to hear what you think. What are some of the biggest investing mistakes that investors should try to avoid in 2023? I think investing solely based on how you feel about a company or what you think uh, is going to be the absolute wrong thing uh, people would be doing. Uh, and another wrong thing people would be doing 
is betting on comebacks for things like we talked about Peloton, Robinhood, or Roku, or Spotify. As I said, in my opinion, the best case scenario that could have ever happened for these companies has already happened. So the biggest mistake people are going to make this year is trying to bottom pick these stocks. Why? Just because they're down a lot, right? They're down 90%. It's going to come back up. No, for it to come back up, it doesn't have to go up 100%. It has to go up thousands of percent. So these things aren't going to come back. So the biggest mistake to avoid is to try to buy beaten down names in the hopes that they're going to come back up, right? Stick with good companies because even the next few years are going to be quite uncertain, right? 2024 elections, they're going to be uncertain. So what you really want to do and what I'm personally doing is sticking to the big names that I know are not going anywhere in this market, right? In the mean term, I'm taking advantage of smaller opportunities as a trader. So I'm in and out with my trading. But as far as investing, I'm going to stick to uh, the big caps like Amazon, Tesla, uh, take advantage of these recent dips. Uh, But one of the mistakes people need to avoid is getting fearful on dips like these. These are the kind of dips that let you get your average cost down in your long term. So if you were buying in 2020, 2022 at these peaked out levels and you're not going to buy the same stocks as they're down, you're going to be missing out a great opportunity to dollar cost average. So one of the things to avoid is to not be fearful uh, in the downward sloping markets, but instead create a thesis of how you're going to be getting your average cost lowered. Good point there. You know, the good mix of long-term uh, investments into some of those big names that you mentioned, as well as some of the quick trades. Um, from your standpoint, what, what what do you define as those quick in and out trades? How long of a trading window do you look for? So personally, for me, I mean, I, I do this for a living. So I trade, uh, I have three different styles of trading. Uh, one of them is day trading, which I do for income. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I would use to pay my bills, live off, you know, stuff like that. And then I would have my swing trading account, which the goal with that one would just be to grow it, right? Take uh, big positions. And in that account, I would be typically in a position for about a week, sometimes two weeks, but typically about a week is where I'm in those. I'm taking advantage of those swings. Uh, and I'm not trying to predict what's going to happen next year. I'm only going to try to predict what's happening next week, which I can do with you know decent accuracy. Not all right all the time, but you'd only need to be right like half the time to really make it worthwhile as long as your risk management is in check. And then for my long-term investing account, that's where I would continue to dollar cost average on my the stocks that I really believe in. And I'm just I'm not picking beaten down names. I'm sticking to, you know, the bigger caps. And uh, just those are the three styles that I use. So the longer-term investments will be generational. Uh, I won't typically be selling them until I see a market cycle downturn, and uh, rebuying them on dips like uh, we got in 2022. Nice approach, uh, dividing your investments into different buckets, long-term and short-term. Um, you know, I always say to listeners and readers of the newsletter, make sure you talk to a financial professional before making any of these types of investing decisions. Um, but Admiral, what, what are some things that investors should try to keep on their radar, some themes as we enter this new year? What, 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 do you, what, what would you say about that? So uh, what I'm looking for is, I think uh, before 2024 elections, there's a possibility of uh, you know, marijuana being legalized federally. Uh, and if that happens, you're going to see a lot of mergers and acquisitions activity in the uh, marijuana sector. Right now, the reason why it's not happening is, well, it's federally illegal, right? So there's not going to be any mergers and acquisitions activity. And what's also causing hurt to this marijuana sector is because there can be no M&A or they don't have access to bank financing because of it being federally legal. But once or if it becomes legal, let's say, before 2024 elections, which I think there's a high possibility for, uh, then you're going to see those marijuana companies have access to financing from different banks, from you know traditional uh, lending uh, institutions that will give them the capital to grow. 
And then you're also going to see consolidation. So right now you see there's a lot of different marijuana companies, right? Smaller ones, big ones. They're all going to kind of like, they're going to be conglomerates eventually, right? They're going to merge. They're going to have, they're going to form bigger companies rather than having 50 or 100 different marijuana stocks. They're going to be two or three big companies. So that consolidation is a play to just keep an eye out on, you know, like do your own research as always, but that's something to keep an eye out on. That's on my radar. And uh, with the ETF for the marijuana sector, I think MSOS down like 80, 90%. Um, you know, I'm thinking that before 2024, that could be like a little speculative play that I want to put into my portfolio. So, so you expect there to be consolidation because uh, the politicians in Washington will, you know, strike a deal to improve the legal standing of marijuana? Or do you think it'll be more consolidation because you have some companies in the marijuana space that are going out of business soon and they need to consolidate just to stay in business? I think uh, the case for me would be, let's say if they make it federally legal. Right. So then these companies will have access to traditional forms of financing uh, that they currently don't have access to. Like if the Safe Banking Act and all of those things are, are fully structured in the correct way, then there's going to be mergers and acquisitions activity within the sector. So let's say some big players are going to pick up a lot of small players and they're going to get bigger and bigger. That's going to increase the valuations of the uh, of those companies. So as a sector, as a whole, uh, legalization is what it's really waiting for. Uh, in the absence of legalization, um, you know, the sector is going to remain as it is, which is not going anywhere. Uh, but I think if the legalization does happen, that could be a, a pretty solid investment in the basket of those marijuana stocks. But not trying to pick individual marijuana stocks, but uh, picking them all as like a basket. Interesting approach. Uh, what what other themes are you looking at for 2023? Uh, to be honest, uh, you know, in 2022, we saw a pretty good decline in Tesla. And I think uh, Tesla is going to be... Uh, another one that it's not going anywhere, right? I think uh, if you have the opportunity on on Tesla to get a great discount in 2022, we saw it go down, you know, as much as like 70 something percent. Uh, and I think that's a great opportunity for uh, people's portfolio for the long haul because Tesla's not going anywhere. There's still a corner of the market when it comes to electric vehicles. And uh, 2021 to 2022 was sort of like a slower period, I guess, for Tesla stock, especially in 2022. But I think um, that's another one that's going to be ripe for a comeback. I, I do uh, sort of agree with you there. Certainly the EV industry is poised to grow over the next five to 10 years. Are, are you concerned at all with increased competition in the EV field, not only from other upstarts, but also some of the big uh, legacy players in the motor vehicle space? They're getting involved with electro, electric vehicles now. Are you concerned about Tesla facing more competition? Uh, it's definitely something to keep on your radar, right? Because um, that d- definitely tends to happen a lot as the sector matures. There's going to be other players coming into this. I think where Tesla has an advantage is, you know, the not just the EV uh, as a car, but their data that they collect, right? How uh, their autopilot systems, the FSD, the, how they collect all that data points that they have, various different data points, as well as they, they have a pretty good leg up when it comes to the batteries, right? Uh, more so than any other EV player. So they still have an advantage, but that's always a risk to definitely consider. Nothing lasts forever, right? So there's always something to uh, look into. But at the moment, um, they still maintain a pretty healthy lead, uh, way better than a lot of the other auto manufacturers. And I think with the rising interest rates, the other auto manufacturers are actually in a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, we might see some legacy companies uh, potentially not make it through this winter. Mm, it could be a dark winter for some of these uh, vehicle companies. You're right about that. Um, real quick, what 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 sort of advice would you give to uh, retail investors uh, entering 2023 as far as, you know, avoiding these big mistakes that you've pointed out? Yeah, I think uh, 
apart from what we've already talked about, uh, definitely include an element of technical analysis into your investing decisions. Because, uh, you know, you and I could buy the same stock, right? Uh, and we have vastly different results. So like a lot of people, a hundred people can be in the exact same stock long, but they will have exactly vastly different investment results based upon where they entered, right? And where they also exited. So I think people need to create a plan for their investments. When am I getting in? When am I getting out if I'm right? And also when am I getting out when I'm wrong, right? It's the classic technical uh, fundamental analysis joke where a technical analyst and a fundamental analyst go out for a dinner at a steakhouse and you know they're cutting the steak with a knife, the knife flies in the air, and you know everybody's looking up at the knife and then knife comes back down stabs the fundamental investor in his foot and the technical investor is like why did you why did you not move your foot fundamental investor is like i thought it'll come back up you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a good approach they're coming back up hope is not a strategy so have levels right have levels when you're going to get out or when you're wrong and have levels when you're going to get out even if you're right because not selling something is a huge mistake and uh, you know in every hedge fund manager this year has seen that right they had such a great opportunity, a lot of these stocks, Spotify, Shopify, you know, crazy valuations, and they never sold. And now they're never going to come back to that valuation ever again. You're absolutely right. And great joke, by the way. Uh, thank you so much, Anmal, for coming on, talking about the biggest investing mistakes to avoid in 2023. Uh, before we wrap up the show, I just have one final question, and it's the most important question for today's discussion. Uh, that question for you is, if you could bring back any fashion trend, what would it be? Ooh, that's a that's a really good question. I, you know, I would bring back aviators. They were so cool. The Top Gun time, you know, everybody ran these aviators and then they all moved into the Ray-Bans and the Wayfarers. Bring back the aviators. Thank you again to Anmol Singh for sharing your insights on stocks. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day.